Warning, this podcast may contain some strong language, spoilers for the Channel 4 shows Hunted and Celebrity Hunted, and at some point, a dog. Hide and Seek, a childhood staple that passed hours of time, but did that prepare us for the adult version, with £100,000 potentially at stake? Hiding under the bed, won't be good enough. Not when there's a team of experts tracking you down, following your every move. Hello, Chief, how you doing? All right, thank you. More importantly, how are you doing? Uh, we're all right. We like a challenge. Stand by, stand by, stand by. Out, out, out. Up to seven persons. Seven persons, one, two. Short of jumping into the canal, their options are reasonably limited, and we also think they may have had a bit too much to drink last night. It's a BMW, Ben. We have got live telematics on the vehicle. You fucking beauty. My name's Craig. And I'm Nat. Recently, we discovered Hunted and are now obsessed. But like with every obsessive TV show we watch, we're left with unanswered questions. Like, has the hunted experience helped Harry Savage get over his fear of cows? They do look menacing, but all he needed to do was ask them to move. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. How do you spend 25 days on the run with your sibling and not want to kill them? Could you focus on doing a number two in a portaloo if your brother was rocking it on the outside? At least it gets your movements going, I guess. <laughs> And is the best place for a thumb war, a hammock, on the outskirts of Birmingham? It's time to find out as we welcome Harry Savage to the Hunted Podcast. Quick thumb war whilst the jingle plays. All right. One, two, three, four, I declare thumb war. I win. You've got two small thumbs. That's not <laughs> fair. You've got an unfair advantage. Can't reach your thumbs. I win. Oh, I'm not having this every week. I can't. No, <laughs> we're gonna have to play a different game. Can we get like? Can we play rock paper scissors? That's better. No, because you you cheat. Oh, don't cheat at rock paper scissors. You're just not very good at it. Hello and welcome back to the Hunters Podcast. <laughs> What an episode it was last week. Steve Cotton was absolutely fantastic, he wasn't was. he? He was. He was. He was good. So many insightful things. And we're hoping that this one is going to be just the same. So we've switched from Hunter to Fugitive, haven't we? We That's... have. Yes. Looking forward to this one, aren't we? Yes. Especially to find out the secrets of Thumb Wars and going on the run with your sibling. Yep. Yeah. Let's uh, say hello to Harry Savage. Harry, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, really, really good. Excited to... um talk about yeah my experience yeah well obviously as we sort of said in our messages early doors we've sort of been binge watching hunted sort of over the last month or so so it's only about three weeks ago that we actually watched your series so it's still quite fresh in our minds wow i literally i haven't watched it in ages i did like i did like i've seen obviously have some clips saved from when they posted and i was like re-watching some um but i literally haven't really watched it since it kind of aired um so you might have to remind me of some certain things. <laughs> when was it? 2017, 18? 
2018. It was the July, July 2018. Yeah. Wow. So a relatively long time ago, yeah. especially considering all that's happened in the world since then. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, quite a while. It was the summer we had like, the hottest. It was at like, one of the... It was like the, the hottest summer on record. It was, I remember just absolutely boiling the whole entire time, which is good because um, I actually, one of my friends works on Hunted, who I made friends with from the show. And he he did what he did, uh, won the series recently. And it was like raining the whole entire time. So, and he was like, no, you were lucky to kind of have a sunny, um, you know, 25 days and not it being raining. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be the worst thing for me, the rain. Yeah. I couldn't do cold. I couldn't be in a tent and be cold and you're yeah. terrible when you're cold oh yeah we were freezing before we started we've got a blanket and everything. <laughs> yeah i wouldn't be able to do it no way no way no. <laughs> you got really lucky so it has been a long time since you were sort of on the run and everything like that we'll delve into obviously what happened at the end later on and, and things like that but before we Wait, delve into <laughs> I, I know i'm so sorry <laughs> trigger what i should have given you a trigger warning i know i know um, but let's let's delve into what you've been doing since the show so where are you now what are you up to in your life in, in general now yeah so i'm living in london and i am kind of like heading up an ev- um, events at a dating app um so working for a startup um really really cool really cool job actually love the company um and yeah uh, trying to save for a house um but <laughs> trying to I say um but yeah no all, all really good seeing family as often as I can going back home as often as I can um yeah just just kind of plodding along <laughs> yeah and what about Frank what's he been doing since because you were sort of telling us before we started that there's been quite a significant change in his life yeah so Frank's had a baby which is this he's the most he's such a great dad which is it's really weird because when we went on the run he was 23 and I was 19 and obviously now I'm 24. It was so it was weird to think that he was my age when we were on the run, but I always, always think Frank is so much older than he actually is. Um, but yeah, he's a baby. He's still running the family business. He's running the farm. It's doing really, really well. Um, so yeah, he's all good and still living kind of the country quiet life. <laughs> well, whereas you've got the opposite with the, the, the city yeah. life as well. I'm the complete opposite. Can't sit still. <laughs> always want to go out. Always want to socialise. Whereas he is literally... He's happy on that on his own in his cabin with his dog. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing no. wrong with being on your own with a dog. But we were sort of saying, weren't we, when we were watching it, like it's it's quite interesting to see the, the comparisons in life because you've got one person like Harry who likes being sort of yes. out and sociable and being yeah. seen and being in the public eye, and then you had Frank who was very like hidden. reserved and, and hidden. Yes, quite two different personalities. Yeah, very together. Different. And but like both- I get. As I say, but both extroverts, like we're both extrovert people. Like we do not care, kind of like we'll talk to anyone, which really kind of helped us it being on the run. That we'll just talk to anyone. But we both have, kind of, I think because our life, our lives are so different. We're just very mm. different people. That we're interested in, um, but yet we get on so well. And we connect really, really well. And we kind of know each other, what each other's are thinking sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think kind of us both being so different helped us a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think having that sibling bond there as well. To I mean. I only have like a, a half brother who's nine or so years older than me, and I would literally kill him on day one. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna say because you've got I two, two older ones. I've you? got a brother and sister who are both a lot older than me. So my sister's 19 years older, and my brother's 16 years older than me. But I think because of that age gap, we are close. But then I don't think I could do it with my sister. 
I think like, you'd have a laugh with your brother. I think you would uh, yeah, murder your sister yeah. after a while. I think I'd maybe murder my sister after a while. She's lovely and we have fun together, but I don't think I could do it. Whereas my brother, I think he would keep my spirits up the whole time. Yeah. And he would make it fun. Yeah. What's quite funny is I actually had the option, right? So I didn't have to take Frank on the run with me. Um, Frank didn't have to get high, yeah. So I applied for the show. Background, so I was just at uni, um, wasn't paying for a TV license, I didn't have a TV. So I was like, what can I watch on my iPad? All four, came across Hunted. I think the first three series were out and I was like, it wasn't really, I didn't really hear of it. So I was like, I'll watch that, binge watch it. And then weirdly, I then saw kind of like an ad come up, I think on my Instagram of like, oh, they're looking for applications. And I was like, you know what? I've literally obsessed, just came off watching it, applied. Um, had like an initial phone call chat and did like you normally they did like a FaceTime with me and they said to me I spoke with my siblings a lot in that chat and they were like it would be great if we could get you know one of your siblings on and I was like look I've got a sister I've got two brothers one brother I know I couldn't have got on because he was in the military so, well in the army so I filming wise it wouldn't have worked for his role um, and then my sister um, they liked the sound but she was a bit too similar to me and when I mentioned Frank they were like, get him in, let's have an audition. And that's kind of how it went from there. But Frank never signed up for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I signed up on my own. And obviously you're more likely to get onto the show if you're in a pair because they don't have many, uh, you know, singles. Um, so yeah, that's how it kind of went. And it went really, really quickly. It's quite interesting to hear Harry say that because you think about the people that have been on it as individuals. I'm yeah. going through like the years and I'm sure Harry will remember some of the names having binge watched it like we did. <laughs> You know, in the first series, you had Dr. Ricky Allen, who was a a similar character. Then you had probably Nick's the anomaly in series two, because he was sort of the reserved one who nobody backed. Yeah. But then as it went on, you had like Merv, who had like the military experience in his, although he got caught pondering around. And then Sarah Sarah. in series six. You had the police, was it a policeman or someone someone from the military? Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. 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 My series. Um, I think where they do, I think... uh, you know, knowing kind of, I think how they do it is, you know, if you're going on your own, you are on TV, right? You've got to kind of have either a kind of a quite a strong presence. Like they do mm-hmm. choose to have a quite strong-minded people that can carry it on their own. Um, or you had that woman in one series, I think before me, that literally got caught on the first day on a bus. Oh. Which... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what the hell she was doing. But yeah, <laughs> I salute the people that do it on their own. I don't think I could have done it on my own. And there was, I'll go into it later, but I was, there was the option of us splitting, um, which was kind of came, it was kind of coming in from, you know, production, possibly could there be an option of you splitting? Would we thought about splitting? And Frank was like, we should do it we may further ourselves and I was like nope not happening not happening I'm not going on my own I would not know what to do and that was quite near the end um but yeah I salute people that kind of do it do it on their own yeah absolutely it's it's kind of crazy to think that you know when you applied you just applied and you wasn't sure who you'd go on with and then it sort of snowballed quite quickly but having done it that way having mm-hmm. it sort you thinking about it after when you sort of get to that line of this is the last hurdle to to jump before you're on the show did mm. that help you in a way the fact that he was brought in from their perspective it made you think differently about how you might approach it yeah I'll be really honest with you when we went for our audition like our on-screen test I was so excited I was like I, I have this is really cool like we actually got like a lot of people apply right so not everyone gets an on-screen test and Frank didn't even have a, a call like he he just initially came with me to the audition um, and we were very lucky that the producer 
um, of the of the future side was actually sitting in our audition. Lovely lady called Charlotte, um, and all that. The she she was sitting there. And when we were in the audition with Frank, there were kind of questions about you guys. And I was fuming. I was like, Frank, you do not talk like this on TV. Like, stop it. Like, it's not what I told you to say. And I thought, honestly, he'd fucked it. I was like, he's fucked it. We literally left. We left. We had the audition was in Camden. We left the audition. And I was like, don't want to talk to you. You fucked it. We're not going on it. And then literally two days later, hey, you've been finalized. The production company then takes Channel 4. Channel 4 actually choose the final um, in our, I know in our season, Channel Four actually chose. Do they? They give a bunch of possibility fugitives yeah. to Channel Four. Obviously, Channel Four, the network will go. These are good. These are good. These are good. Judge and company then go. Right, let's get these guys on. Um, it's kind of how it works. So, yeah, I don't know. I was shocked that we even got on. I didn't think we were going to get on after that audition. Um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think it's it's quite interesting to sort of hear it that way as well that you know even if you apply for the show and you get past their producers that sometimes you don't even get past the channel four no. ones which is quite interesting um mm. one thing we will sort of talk about before we get sidetracked because we do go off on a tangent quite yeah. a lot so we apologize so do i yeah. i'm for it that's <laughs> how we are but it's like when people ask us like what questions we're going to ask we've got a list but we won't necessarily do them on that order or even cover some of them oh, it's fun. It's, it's quite fun. <laughs> um, but obviously, we always do the little intros at the start and we always like include little things to sort of provoke your memories and things like that. And we can see your camera whilst that's playing. So it's quite funny just to see you sort of smile <laughs> at a, little, uh, a lot of the things in there. Did it bring back any memories and make you chuckle about the, the silly little things and stuff like that? I apologise for the, the, the cow joke, by the way. No, it's fine. I never thought I had a fear of cows until I went on that TV show. Like I've Grew up in the countryside um, in Sussex on a like I grew up on a farm really, but I never knew I had the kind of fear until that day, and I do. Am I over that fear? I don't think I. I wouldn't <laughs> say I haven't come that close to a cow yet. Um, and also, I was pretty sure there were bulls, but I, I didn't know. I was just scared. So um, yeah. Well, your mind plays tricks on you when you're in those situations as well, when you've been on the run for a while. So, yeah. And you know, when there's yeah. that many cows in a field, they are quite scary. Yeah, to be fair, like, if I saw one, I think I'd be all right. But, like, when you, I think, walk up to them as a, is it, is pack the right word for we that? We weren't meant to be in that field. Yeah, and we weren't meant to be in that field. I pointly remember, I think the reason why I was so scared was because, like, you know when you go into fields, it says, like, don't enter, like, live cattle. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Frank, no, no. And he was like, oh, shut up, Harry, come on. We've got to get a good going somewhere. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, and I think that's why I was like, oh, it said don't go in. We were in there. Now they're coming after us. But then he kind of pushed them away and it was fine. Um, <laughs> in the, watching it back on TV, um, I didn't even realise I even did that. Like, I didn't know I did that. Like, it wasn't something I remember doing, um, which is funny. There must be so many things like that as well, because... You because you're in it for such a long time and we as an audience only see small ce- yeah, snippets. certain segments yeah. and snippets. Was that a worry for you going into it of how, because I know you sort of said at the start when you were doing your interviews about it that you wanted to change people's perception. Was it a worry that it might be edited in a certain way? Yeah, but I knew, the thing is, I knew that in the day. It's TV, right? I knew we'll be, ed- I knew how we were going to be edited, kind of. I knew it was going to kind of be, I was going to be the weaker one and Frank was going to be kind of the more strong, independent brother. And that is what it was like. They did heighten it. So a lot of what you saw on the show was only a snippet out of a certain time. And there were things that kind of annoyed me they didn't show, which was like, oh, I did something or I did this. But like, they kind of did me as a klutzy bit. But you kind of see that journey of me kind of getting stronger as I go on. And I think it was a really nice thing to show on the, show kind of on the on on tv and to be fair if you had to condense it it makes sense why they did that 
Um, but I kind of went into, I kind of, I didn't go into it kind of thinking, oh, I don't know how they're going to show me. I kind of slowly knew, especially they ask you questions while you're on the run, what they film you and ask you a lot of stuff. And some of the questions they were asking me, I was like, uh, hang on here, I know what you're trying to do. And I'll try and swing the question back. Like, no, not like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I knew and I was, I was happy with kind of how we were perceived. Um, I don't think any of it was false. I don't think that was kind of like any mis-editing with how we perceived. We kind of came across, that is kind of what we were like in a condensed time. Um, yeah. Were you ready to scream though and have a full-on fight with your brother when he started rocking the portaloo? Because we were creasing uh, laughing. The thing is, I, I'm i so glad they didn't show much longer of that because the reality of it was, right? So considering your, I don't know what day that was. I actually have a notepad somewhere. I couldn't find it every, where we were every day. Wow. And we were nowhere. And we came across, it was outside a church and obviously there was building construction going on. And I was like, thank God, a portaloo. So one thing I wasn't doing was shitting outside. I just said to myself, <laughs> I can't use a leaf. Frank did many. I just couldn't do it. Couldn't bring myself to doing it. And I was like, okay, finally I can go. And I needed to go. And I went in there. But obviously, no, in Portaloos, there's all that blue stuff like at the bottom of yeah. the it's horrendous. Yeah. When he was flat pushing me, I had all this blue stuff going on my backside, going on my back. So it was everywhere. And oh then I, there, and then when I came out, I came out and I was absolutely fuming. But I think to the point, which there's rules, you're not allowed to do this. You can't like touch kind of cameras or move the camera guy. But I was, it's breaking the fourth wall a bit. So I was doing that. So I don't think that's the reason I showed after. And also my backside was out and I was not happy. I was like, stop. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't happy when I came out. I was literally fuming. Um, but then I looked on TV and it was very funny and I kind of got over it. Um, but it wasn't a peaceful talk. I'd rather gone outside, to be fair. Yeah, um, it's, it, I don't know. It's... Yeah. Were there, were there lots of things that, or not lots of things, but were there things that you did whilst you were on the run that to be, when you started, you thought, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Do you know what? Just, uh, yes, it was a kind of, what going into the, I thought it was kind of be a bit of a breeze, to be fair. Because when you watch it on TV, it looks quite quick, right? But you don't realise how long a day is. And you don't, especially when you don't have any influence really from the outside world. You just got Frank, the cameraman, your sound guy, and uh, like a backup runner. And it's just a lot of kind of, what I struggled the most, but I didn't think I struggled with, was just filling the time in the day to do yeah. stuff. And how we did that was just walking, 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 walking. I think we were, well, we were told this and how true it was. We were the, the team that kind of went the furthest in miles on foot. Um, and like one of the furthest I had pre in, in previous seasons too. And we walked, I, I can't tell you how much we walked. Um, and I thought I would get a bit like, I'm not doing this, I want to sit down more, but I actually was just going on and doing stuff. And also going up to people in the moment, you think, oh, I can do that. But actually then doing it is quite like a lot. And you have to say, you can't say, hey, I'm on I'm on channel four on Hunted, which I know they, I think they've started saying now in some seasons that I, they're on Hunted, but we weren't allowed to say that. We had to say the initial line was hey I'm on the run can you help me that was kind of the, the initial we had to say because if you say hey I'm on a tv show it kind of breaks the point um I know they got they've got a camera there so a lot of people are like what the fuck what the hell is going on um yeah. that was quite hard and especially when you get rejection we were quite we were quite lucky we didn't get a lot of rejection at all um but you do get people like no not talking to you no 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 and then sometimes when you keep getting that it's like oh god like please I'm so hungry I don't know where the hell I am like please if someone take us in and um, that was really hard and I didn't think that was going to be a problem 
um, going into it. I thought everyone would want to help, um, but they didn't. Um, we we are a little bit surprised by some of the public's reaction in terms of when you when you're out because sometimes I think you have this idyllic idea in your head that you can smile, use your charm, and everyone will you know you'll have a bed every night, you'll have a nice warm cup of tea in the morning, and and the reality sometimes is it can be quite starkly different. Yeah, and I also think what people forget as well about being on the show is you don't know where you are. So you could be in the middle of nowhere, walks and walks and walks. But where is the nearest town? Like sometimes we're like, where is the nearest person? I would see a walker and they'll be like, uh, like, oh, there's all like, miles over that way. And it was just being lost. And I think actually our, mine and Frank's biggest benefit without even knowing was the fact we were always lost. We never knew where we were going. You see a lot of people that go on the show and they have a plan of action. My biggest advice would always be, do not have a plan. We would change every day a tactic. We'd be like, there was no set goal to go somewhere. We fell upon all these old railways up near kind of like Macclesfield and followed them all the way down to wherever they went. And that was just by chance. We didn't plan to do that. And that actually kind of worked quite well. But then, you know, two days into that, Frank was like, mm, we've been doing this for too long. We need to change this up. Let's just go that direction. I'm like, uh, okay. And we just carried on walking somewhere else. I'm just falling upon random places. So um, it's hard to get up. It was hard when you're in towns. And also when you're in towns, you don't know who you can trust. I was, you don't know when the wanted posters are out. We kind of knew when they're out. We'll try and ask people to look on their social media, look on Twitter. But like, we don't want to go to places and be like, oh, do they know we're here? And the paranoia honestly is the worst thing of the show is the paranoia i have never been so paranoid in my life and also after the show even i was like i'm still quite paranoid a bit um that's one thing which i never thought i'd get i never even thought about going on the show was the paranoia of being caught it comes very real um and you forget that you're kind of on a show um it's very 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 odd it's interesting that you mentioned the paranoia side of things because i think one thing we've discussed a lot is about obviously readapting to life after yeah. the show because you become so accustomed to living in this world where you're not probably sleeping properly you're always thinking about your next move not your next eating move, properly eating, yeah being warm that sort of thing how long did it take you to adapt back to normal life and were there was there much support me mechanisms in place to help you with that yeah there was so we were offered therapy after like they have like a a guy that does therapy for like a lot of shows after which is great and that's, that's implemented by channel four which is fantastic and i think for me obviously a lot of stuff as well about being on the run obviously with our story our background tv kind of like honing on that which is fine and we knew our background was going to be brought up a lot and we were in a very odd position like not a lot of people were kind of in the position that we had been in and we knew we were sharing our story but it's sometimes when you're getting asked the same question about a very deep subject that you've kind of just gone through and you're constantly being asked so how do you feel in this time how do you feel and constantly bringing stuff back up for the purpose of maybe the maybe cameras and we signed up for that we knew is a lot so after you I, you came out of it for me being drained from actually being on the run and the paranoia of actually being chased but also like whoa I've just brought up so much stuff I haven't told literally like more than 20 people that let alone it's going to go out to everyone you don't know how you're going to get judged and that was something I, I'd struggled with a bit and there were times when Frank did jump in and was like mate stop asking those questions like you can tell he's had enough you've got the tears he's crying leave it now and obviously it was his job to carry on asking it but it was just it got me to a point where I was like I can't do this anymore because I can't bring too much stuff <laughs> I'm yeah. done bringing yeah. this all up um, and I think that's what I struggled with and that's an after I got I saw a therapist for a bit um, I would say I kind of got over it within within a month. Um, it was the, the adrenaline then came of like, oh god, it's coming out soon, and got really yeah. excited yeah. about that. Um, and as the show's getting edited, we were informed about how they were 
kind of portraying us what that what story they're going to kind of show how they're going to show it um you know what because sometimes a lot of the time what you see on hunted the what you're seeing on the screen and what you're actually hearing is two different times so there's mm. a seat um, there's a bit where I'm kind of crying I'm talking about my mum and my dad but what I'm actually talking about wasn't in that moment it was kind of like way before but they just put the voiceover in then yeah. um, and they just let you know that as well make sure you're kind of happy with it um but yeah it's it's coming out of it is a big big shock um yeah when you applied mm. did they ask you much about obviously your story your parents did they ask you much about that when you applied yeah, so when I applied, I, do you know what? I'll be completely honest with you. Me and Frank would not have got on that show if we, if our parents were friend dead, I don't think. Yeah. And that's not like, it's just TV. And we, I know that. And we knew that kind of going into it. And it was very, like my mum kind of, we went on the show, what we auditioned. Audition was in the kind of the April, March, April time. Our mum died in the February. So literally it was so fresh, so raw. We still kind of yeah. hadn't dealt with it. When I originally applied for the show was before my mum died. So when I had that original okay. phone call, had that original kind of um, chat, was going to get Frank on board. My mum hadn't passed away. It was just my dad. Yeah. Um, and then we went to the audition and it was like, oh, by the way, we've got something to tell you. This has also happened. And I think obviously TV minds go, wow, this also is so sad. But it's a story we want to cover. And yeah. I think why we were so happy talking about it is because there are so many other people that have been through that that we don't we didn't know about. And us sharing our story, I think after the show, I, we, I was inundated with messages from so many people and so loving messages like, thanks for sharing your story I'm going through the same um like you know it was nice to see it kind of portrayed on tv that it's it, people are going through that yeah. um but yeah I think in they did ask us in the auditions like how we'd feel talking about it we were quite comfortable we were quite open about it um and yeah they didn't hone but then when we said on the run like stop asking us about this now enough's enough we've done that bit then they're trying to move to a different storyline. So there's always kind of different storylines I try and portray. You know, the fugitive at the end of the day, the fugitives are the story of the show, right? It's not the hunters, it's, yeah. it's the fugitives. And every fugitive kind of has a background story, which is quite interesting. Um, and like, you know, I think I was one of the, I was at the first like out gay contestant on the show. So they tried, they went not, they filmed a lot of questions about that. Not a lot of it was aired, um, but that was kind of another storyline which they potentially could have gone down um, and our relationship with Frank, my kind of coming out story, how Frank kind of took it, um, which they didn't show, but it was always a possibility in the editing they said going into it. I think it's quite interesting that obviously you had the final say on which storyline they, they go to. It doesn't surprise me at all that they have that because it's the, essentially their job to create yeah. your situation mm. and create drama. Having reflected on it now, we what four or five years on from when it aired and the experience itself, obviously a lot's happened in your life and things like that. Having watched it back and having reflected and having sort of had those conversations with people that said, you know, you did help me in by saying the things you said. Are yeah. you glad that they aired the storyline that they did rather than go um, down the, the other route? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I knew that was, so we didn't really get the decision. It was kind of like this, they, they gave us two options, but they, they were like, we're going to do this. It, you kind of sign your life away. So you don't really have a decision. <laughs> but I was happy they did that. And we knew from the get go, that was going to be the main story. We knew that straight away. Um, and I was, I was happy. I was fine. I was, I was glad it, it was out there. And um, I'm not, me and Frank, aren't, we don't, we're not scared to talk about it. Like, I'm really open talking about my parents. We both found out. And also, I think in a way, looking back, it's kind of helped me a bit more, although it was so fresh and so raw at the time, because I got it. I literally did all my grieving whilst I was kind of on the run, um, which was quite a cool, which 
which was, you know, a different way to do it, but it made me do it. I wouldn't have any distractions on my phone and I could speak openly how I felt about my feelings to my brother. And we had some really deep chats whilst we were on the run. Um, a lot of them weren't filmed because they were kind of at night. Um, although you weren't meant to talk about kind of stuff when you're on the run at night, but we literally broke those rules. Um, yeah, so I, I literally, I, I, the experience, I came at the perfect time and I kind of wouldn't change or wouldn't change it at all. Yeah, and I don't think that you'd have been the only fugitives ever to, you know, to to talk about the stuff that you're not supposed to talk about when the yeah. cameras are off after a certain point because God. it's part of natural life. And I think any any exec that's sitting there thinking, oh, it's got to, I don't know, 10 p.m. They've switched off now, not talking you about it. They, they're kidding themselves. They're, yeah. they're fools there, aren't they? Because yeah. it's part of natural life. And you're what so else are you talking awesome. about? You were in there. You, you can't turn around and say, oh, shall we go for dinner tomorrow night? Or are you going to come around and <laughs> for a party? Oh, I know. Things, we, were, so. we were so, but we were so naughty with so many things. Like, <laughs> so many, like one cool, funny story I always remember is we're in the middle of nowhere and you have a, you have a team with you, right? Who are in a car and they always follow really far behind. You never know where they are. You've always said that. Always said they're in a car. Yeah, they're right. And they've got obviously spare camera equipment, mics, um, your sound yeah. stuff they've got all that and they carry it right so when you pitch up for nights so once our, ours was 8 8 a.m to 8 p.m were the uh, filming times you yeah. can wherever you were one night we literally turned to 8 p.m they were literally like you've got to camp near here and we were like we are literally on the middle of the road i had to camp like next to a motorway it was awful um and they got so annoyed because obviously for filming the mics were so loud because of the car so a lot of it didn't get used um but one night we we're in the middle of nowhere and our camera guy had a tent and obviously our camera guy has to eat every single night and he can have whatever he wants. And so I'm like, when you're there starving and one night the runner went to go get him a Domino's and he always, and he always had really nice food. And Frank, we, were, we had our watches on us. Frank timed on his watch how long it took the runner to go and get, go and get the Domino's and come back. Because we had no idea where we were and there was no towns, nothing. And Frank timed it and Frank was like 15 <coughs> minutes. It was like 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. He ordered it a while ago and tried to work out, right, if there's a town, they went that way and would look at the car and be like, right, okay, it's over there. And he would time it and was really clever. Like, okay, tomorrow we're heading that way because we know the town's over there. But we also wouldn't have to say that because it would be it would be like they were kind of interfering with how where we were. Yeah. Um, but we did a lot of those things. They were very kind of sneaky. Remember when he had um, all these sweets in his tent and he went to, we were stopping filming one day and he went for a piss in the bush. And Frank literally went into his tent and was like <laughs> getting all the sweets. and like, stop it. <laughs> Um, really funny. One hundred percent, I'd be completely doing what Frank did. I mean, it, first of all, I think it's. I think that bit where you've described that, obviously, it's quite a funny story for you guys, as you know, to say that you know you sort of bent the rules a little bit, and it was a, a, a naughty thing to do. But actually, when you strip that back and analyze that from like a psychological point of view, that's survival instinct. Yeah, yeah. That, that is sheer survival instinct of I don't know where I am. How can I figure out yeah. where I am and where I'm, quite, where my next move's going to be? It's yeah. quite like a smart, like a clever way to figure out where you are, yeah. like watching where they're going. I don't think that many people would actually think. Do you know what I think? I think there'll be more. I think there'll be more people that will do a similar thing. I think there'll be very few people that will have the restraint when you're under that amount of stress well, and anxiety to actually hold your hands up and say, "No, it's gone eight o'clock." I'm I'm switching off now. Well, no, you're never you're never going to switch off because obviously you're in a completely strange situation that not many people actually will ever end up in. And it's something that you're not used to. So I don't think your brain can ever switch off from what you're doing. You're no, on the run. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. And also, like, 
some places where you sleep, like we weren't allowed to sleep in certain fields. I remember on the South Downs Way because we walked the whole South Downs Way back home. Which going back home, we want to talk about that and clear some stuff up there. Um, <laughs> we, we went all the way back home, but we were on the South Downs Way, and legally you're not allowed to camp on the South Downs Way. And like people, like people come along, like you can't camp here. So we're like, well, we've got to move. And then they had to make a call, like, hey, we've got to actually move because we can't. We're, we're going to get kicked off, or you know, they could call the police, and that's not what they want for the show. So we had to move somewhere, not too far, but like a little bit yeah. along because mm-hmm. we've got out to camp in certain areas. And Frank would always laugh, like, haha, like he's riding people up, like riding the camera crew up, like, oh, we're going to move a bit, oopsie. Um, <laughs> very, very, very funny. Right. That you mentioned something there that you wanted to clear something up. The virtual floor is yours. Going home. Yeah. So obviously a lot of people, and I get asked this question, no matter when I'd say I've been hunted or they ask people that are fans of the show, always ask me, why did you go home? Why do you go home? You have to go. You have to go home. Right. And I think it's very clear. And I don't, obviously I, I won't say stuff because I think it's still in contract and certain things. But I don't want to ruin it for any future series. I don't want to give any rules away for. Mm-hmm. So the fugitives have a lot of rules that you have to do in the show. Yeah. Whilst you're on the show by certain points in the show. It's a known kind of thing. The same, I think the hunters have a lot of rules as well. Yeah, and... we found a lot out from Steve yeah. last week. So yeah, he he, yeah. he built a lot. So yeah, I wouldn't look. We don't want. We didn't want to go home. We did not want to go home. But we knew by a certain point in the run, a certain day, we had to be at home. And if you don't go home, or you don't do it, if you don't do a certain task or a certain rule, you get a penalty. And that penalty means something will be revealed to the hunters about you, where about your current where you are. And we're like, we do not want that. So yeah. we're like, we've got to get home. How do we get home by this day? We walk the whole of the South Downs way from Winchester all the way down into Alfriston, where we where we're from, um, near like Lewis, Sussex, Eastbourne kind of area. Um, and then there was this whole locomotion because obviously my sister on the show you see us meet our sit my sister. Yeah. But we were yeah. gonna meet we were gonna meet my godmother. And we knew we, that was a plan the whole entire way. And then literally as we were going to go meet her, like her office of like, they owned like a tree surgery of where it was, was literally half an hour walk. And we were going to go there and that was our plan. Say hello and go. That was our plan. You then get a call from production saying they can't go see their godmother. We want them to see their sister. And it's times like that we're like, oh, we know why. Because obviously our sister is so much more closer to us. She's so much more vital. We were like, the rule said a family member or a loved one. And that, that person is a family member or a loved one, but they wanted that sis. They want to see my sister, and obviously, not everyone before the sh- before you go on the show, you have to give a lot of names up for people to be willing to be for- filmed. So yeah. you can't. Just- and obviously, when you're kind of on the street, and you talk to people. They had to quickly send like a uh, sign a form and say they're willing to be on camera, and it's very very quick. But to interview someone, to interrogate them, they have to you have to pre-sign them up. Lizzie, yeah. my sister, was see pre-signed. Alison, my godmother, wasn't, so we couldn't yeah. do it. And that kind of got us a bit of friction in production. Like, come on, let's do it. And then we're like, like, no, like, come on, you need to see your sister. And we kind of, we've seen my godmother. It was so easy. We just walked on in there. We've seen my sister. We're like, fuck, now we've got to use a phone. Or now we've got to go somewhere. We've got to somehow get hold of her. And we don't use any, we, we use no, like, community, like, no phones or anything the whole entire time until then. And we knew that they wanted us to pop up. Because yeah. um, yeah. after speaking, because after we had, like, a roundup, um, and I've kind of met a lot of hunters that were my sh- uh series where I went for a drink kind of after the show with them and a lot of them kind of saying we didn't pop up for a long time um and they want you to pop up now and then um so it was fair that's just to clear that up people don't choose to go home I know kind of on my series Matt I think went to go meet his wife which was lovely and I think his kid but I think a lot of people on Twitter like why'd you go home you idiot and it's like guys you gotta go home because it's treated like if you were a natural fugitive at some point 
whilst yeah. being on the yeah. they would go home um and you know and like winding up the hunters people don't decide to do that you know yeah, there's certain things you need to you need to do um which keeps the show and also full play they should do that because it keeps the show exciting if you can't just go hide in someone's attic for like you know you can't do an Anne Frank can you and just no. stay there for 25 days and win no. on the you can't. a lot of people say that like, I would just kind of stay really rural go around the same area you have to move a certain radius every yeah. 48 hours so I mean I'll, I'll be honest when we first sort of started watching Hunters I think like we said like you we binged a lot of it so in series one when we're watching it we're thinking why on earth are you doing this? But then because we're watching it again, another series so quickly, and the same pattern's happening again, because I come from a little bit of a production background, I'm turning to that and I'm saying, no, there's certain things which are obviously in place here. Yeah. Certain yeah. things which they have to do because it is a TV production and nobody wants to watch. Ten people either go and hide in that attic Sign or just disappear, and disappear to a field yeah. for 25 days. Yeah. It's not compelling TV. Yeah. Yeah. I do I do get the whole theatrical side of it. And obviously last week when we were talking to Steve, he very much voiced his opinion that he, you know, wasn't the biggest fan of the theatrical side. Mm. Um, and I get, I get that, but I also get that it's a TV show and you can't just sit in a field for 25 days and do nothing. It's so boring. I wish I, wish I could do that. I'd, I'd be sitting here 100 grand richer. So, <laughs> are you were that close, that close. So no. close. I wish I could do that, but yeah, we, you you can't. And also, it'd be it'd be a boring experience. Um, yeah. We had a lot of plans in place before we were on the run of what we were going to do, and then the reality of it, it just wasn't. It just none of it happened. It was just so hard to do it. Especially, you don't realize how much communication via phone is so key to yeah. kind of do anything. Even yeah. kind of you know trying to get how do you book a cab in the middle of nowhere without having a phone? Stuff like that. Um, so yeah, no, there are things in place, and I know that rules have changed uh, each season. They, they mix yeah. them up. Um, so they're always different. So probably the people that have just filmed, I know they, they just filmed uh, a series, they filmed two. Yeah. Those ones will be different rules. And I think, you know, extractions are different and all that kind of stuff's different. It keeps yeah. it fresh because obviously the hunters know, the hunters know like the repetitiveness of, okay, yeah. last season they went home, this season they went home, they're going to go home at some point. Um, well, it's exactly like Steve said to us last week, you know, there are certain things which are in place, but I think you'd be quite surprised. Actually, I think you probably might have found this anyway when you sort of spoke to them and, ha and had a drink. They quite enjoy the challenge of not having those things in place, but obviously, then the 28 days or 25 days that's going to be completely that's going to be blown out of the water. You're looking at more like two or three months to find some <laughs> to find 10 people than you are, you know, in, in time of a TV production. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, they've got a They've got a pop up at some point, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's really, really it's really really strange and weird. Um, you mentioned obviously before about watching the series before and binge watching it, and mm. you were talking about obviously like the production things in there as well. I wanted to get your opinions on it as someone that's been on the show but also been a viewer before. Mm. Like when you went into it. Did you sort of have an inkling that there'd be those little place, those little things in place, or were you thinking, I can do what I want, I can go against what other people have done before, I can freshen it up? Um, a bit of both. I knew, I knew, I was like, there's no way we. Frank thought very much. We Frank didn't really watch the show, didn't know what the show was. He just, I just, he just knew that I just told him what the concept was before we went to the audition, which we went there very blind. And Frank generally thought we could just sit in a field and do black fuck all. Um, but <laughs> I, I kind of. 
I didn't go in too naive. I knew there must have been some things we would have to do. I didn't know how it was going to be planned out. And to be fair, give it to production and both. There's two production teams, isn't there? There's a mediator, a guy that kind of mediates between both teams to make sure it's all yeah. official. Yeah. So there's prize money at the end. Um, it is very, really, it's very, it's very naturally well done, if that makes sense. Like it is a natural kind of, it's a natural timeline of someone being on the run when you were going to do certain things. And it kind of made sense. Sometimes when we, when I kind of got those rules, which we had to then burn up or destroy so they couldn't find them in our houses, like you get a list of the rules. I was there like, shit, whoa, I had no idea you had to do kind of all these things um, or do these certain things. And I remember like even being on the run, you don't have the rules with you. So it'd be like to the, the producer would be like, oh, by the way, tomorrow is the point where you're meant to be doing this. And we're like, what? You're going to tell us this like three days ago. <laughs> man. Um, but I kind of didn't go in. I kind of knew there'd be something. And, I, and that was fine um it was tricky but it was it, it was fine I, I knew it wasn't going to be kind of you just kind of do anything you want to do um and the realistic you know I think in our audition we spoke about like Frank's really into kind of um he's got jet he's got jet skis um and some of his friends like he, he did flying as a kid he learned to fly and he can fly and he some of his friends kind of own stuff and he was saying oh we can get a plane we said all these things which he, we could have done but the reality of it was it was so hard to communicate to that person to get someone to meet us to do this. And yeah. we were too worried about sticking our, sticking our head up. Maybe if we did do that, we'd have had a really good of fun, but would have got caught earlier? I think so. We interrupt this podcast with an urgent update from Hunted HQ. Raimondo, it's all yours. All around the UK, a team of elite hunters are gearing up to climb to the highest point in every county in England, Wales and Scotland to raise money for a member of the Hunter family with cancer. Dawn Roden, wife of Hunter George, has pancreatic cancer, the 10th most common cancer, and the one with the lowest survival rate of all common cancers. Dawn is still being looked after by the NHS, but she will need costly care in addition to this that she will need to self-finance. Now, her Hunter family are pulling together to do all they can to raise £50,000 for her future private treatments. Any extra they raise will go to Cancer Research UK. Our Hunters are climbing 91 peaks across England, Wales and Scotland in September and October. Follow PKD on social media to find out when they will be climbing a peak near you. And if you want to get involved with PK to meet some of the hunters taking on the challenge, you can. As Raimondo says, follow at PK on social media for all the latest. They're taking on a total of 91 county tops within England, Scotland and Wales. That's a lot of miles and even more hills. Why don't you join them? They'll be tackling Mount Snowden on October the 1st. Uh, just donate at givepenny.com forward slash PK. You see, me and Hills are like Jordan and being on time. It ain't happening. Now is really not the time. This is serious after all. Sorry. Sorry, Jordan, too. Oh, and by the way, don't forget there's a special event at Middlesbrough FC on October the 15th with full details at TBA. That means to be announced. Thanks. Well done. Now, let's get back to the interview. And a reminder, it contains some strong language. And a lot of spoilers. 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 We were talking about with Steve last week about the original concept of the show, which was less theatrical and was more about the thrill of the chase and things like that. So 
How have you seen it evolve over the years and what are your opinions on where it was, where it was being sort of a little bit overly theatrical? I think it was in series three when I think the, the two lads did a gig in a pub and enticed them there and all the little jokey things that Blex did, like yeah. making teddy bears and reading bedtime stories and things like that versus yeah. the whole thrill of the chase and the whole point of it, really, which was hiding against the state. I think there's a happy medium. I think the teddy bear thing, I've seen that. I don't think that wasn't needed yet. It was funny for TV. I think our in our season, or my series, I don't think there was much theatricalness to it. I mean, to be fair, I think up until, uh, I think all the, all the, what is it when you go? Not extraction. What's it called? When you restart. Launch. Yeah, we, we did an episode of that and we couldn't launch. decide either, could we? Launch. It's the launch. So all the launches, I think, up until our season were quite like, like camera wise, were just quite, they were quite good. But then our season, there was that like helicopter. There was like some people were, there was cameras kind of everywhere. There was another boat of cameras. It was quite like, that was theatrical. When I saw it on TV and I saw the trailer, I was like, whoa, that looks sick. Because the one before was quite, it was good, but it wasn't as like, it looked quite movie-like at our launch. Um, and that I kind of really, I really liked. Um, but the, 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 the little added like, Bits you don't really need that aren't really through the run. I don't think I needed. I think that even the bribe, the bribing of the money so that happens that happened in our season, yeah. I like that. I think that's really cool. Um, ah, I actually, you reminded me of something there because it was I can't remember the two lads' names. Um, so forgive me. Yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, one of them had it in a notebook, and that's how they on screen Beham. found out about yeah. yeah Beham. If you were in that situation, you don't yeah. know whether um, Frank's been caught or not. Mm. Um, and you hear in the next room him fake speaking to, to them, but obviously he thinks it's real. Yeah. Lex lays all this money on the ground. I think it was four grand in cash on the on the table. Are you, taking four, are, you, was it five? Yeah. are you taking five? Are you taking 5K? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think, I, do you know what? Honestly, if you asked me that probably on the first day, yeah, probably would. But what, getting up to that point, if anyone else was still on the run at that point and gone through what, the same experience we did, nah. No way, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take that away from someone. I just, I just don't think I could. Um, and also, I think I would be my mind would be playing games with me. Like, is that actually real? Or is that was that is what it was it staged? Um, and you know, I think it was Ish that got offered kind of the money. Yeah. Because he could have fucked it for all of us. And a lot of people again on Twitter were saying, "Why would you write in a notepad?" I did the exact same thing. I wrote Birmingham City Centre in my notepad. Um, because otherwise I was like, where? I was like, Birmingham. Okay, write it down. And I was running out. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have handed someone in at all. Had you, had you discussed before you went on the run what would happen if one of you got caught and the other one didn't, or if you got separated for some reason? Had you discussed what you were going to do? Not before, during the run, we, we discussed during. that. Yeah, we discussed that. We had so much stuff to talk about. Like, what would we do if that happened? Um, and we said we would just carry on and we would not, we would not, we said, just don't poke your head up and don't try and come and find me, leave it and we'd go. And it got to a point actually with, we were going to split. Like the plan was to split, not our plan, but we'll, they, the storyline they wanted to do, and we, I understand why they wanted to do it. And it was very, very clear. We were so anti. It was, you know, we got to this point. We were like on day 22, like Frank, you've built Harry up. Like he can do it on his own yeah. now. It's yeah. yeah, there's a weird yeah. thing in me that thinks if we split, would have things been different? I I don't know, right? But 
Mm, don't know uh but we got to that certain point and we were like no we don't want to split and i was like i can't do this on my own i was like we were literally in the middle of the film like guys why don't you split you have bet you have you fit you double your chances and we were there like oh oh and i really get into my head and i was like oh do i split do we do it and frank was like mm, we, we could do it mate but like you're gonna sleep you stay on your own they'd have to get another like you'd be with a different crew and i was like oh, well, if we split up can i keep the same camera crew and he's like well, you're actually thinking of splitting up you're listening to them and um we then we decided not we didn't do it um until that final moment when we both go Shh, like that but yeah uh, yeah you have literally have no choice yeah and that was always a plan we always said if we see a hunter go the complete opposite direction yeah was yeah. always our plan and try and be as fast as we can um yeah yeah i think it's quite interesting to hear that because it doesn't surprise me as well that because they have their production heads on and they'll know that you'll be in a certain psychological thought process as well so they will try little bits like that to try and provoke mm. it but it worked I know why they did it in your series because the series before it works so well with Bob and Alex yeah I think the, the differences between the two pairings I think completely I think they were just trying to recreate that moment I, I think, think a it bit. worked for Bob and Alex because I think Alex needed that time on his own yeah to mm. not just to show everyone else but to prove to himself that he could do it whereas you and Frank were probably stronger together because you, you had each other's backs yeah. and you were better off doing it together so I, I think agree. yeah yeah I agree I can totally understand why they did it but I think generally watching it back and, and things like that and from what you've said standing up for yourselves and sort of saying no we are going to stick together we came into this together we are going to stay together to the end it's the best yeah. thing you could do yeah. because even you know even though you're sitting here five years on you know half an hour away from or even 10 minutes away in, in frank's case from winning the whole 100k that doesn't matter because you managed you did stick together you had that whole story and that whole thing you'll have for the rest of your life now i can just imagine you know when Harry's little one, Frank's little one's a little bit older and Uncle Harry's telling him stories about when him and Daddy went on the run and things like <laughs> that. Know, you, you've got it. that together. That's going to be so emotionally great for you compared to where it would be if you went, well, no, we split up after 10, after like 15 days because they made us. Yeah, but, no. I think, do you know what? I think from a TV perspective, I knew exactly what they're doing and I thought it could have made great TV, but I just thought in me, I just wouldn't be able to do it. I don't think I'll... I wouldn't have been able to go to Birmingham. I wouldn't have known where to go because Frank really took the lead on a lot of things. I'd be like, oh, hey, Frank, can you go ask them something? Can you go ask them? I'll wait here in the corner because I was so shriveled and scared all the time. Um, it just wouldn't have worked. And, you know, it was it, it was a good possibility, but I'm glad we we, we didn't um, split. Um, another insider thing, which a lot of people don't know, and I don't know if it's done on other series, which I, I think is quite cool, is we knew when people have been caught. Um, we oh, were told... Oh. Yeah, I don't. I think it might have been quite new for our series. We were, we were like, wait, we find out when people were caught. We don't find out who. We don't know who, but it'd be how many futures have been caught. So we were told, like, of an evening, and it wasn't filmed. We were told, um, and, and how they said it was like it was mic'd. It was like um, two futures have been caught, eleven remain at large, and we were like, fuck. And it kept happening. And then we got to. The, I literally remember to the last because uh, Ish got caught like the day before extraction. And it was like, um, uh, it was like a future's being caught, three remain at large. And me and Frank were like, one, two, there's one more left. What the, I was like, what the actual fuck? 
oh is going God. on. And that was really cool um, to know because we had no idea who was going to be at the end. And it makes it a bit more scary, though, because you're like, oh, God, there's less of us for them to try and get. <laughs> and that's, I guess that's the thing, though, because I don't know how much of contact you'll have had with the others beforehand, but certainly when in the, you know, the build up to it, when you're having the launch, you get to know each other. So you'll psychologically be sort of looking around the other thinking, he's got a good chance, he's got a good chance, she's going to put a wig on and get caught on a bus. So I think you'll be able, when it gets to that sort of three left, you're then ticking off in your head thinking, if it's this guy, I've got a chance. If it's this person, I, I've not got a chance. I think he'll do it. Yeah, they were so strict in Liverpool when we met about not talk. so strict, like, shut up, do not, you can't talk to each other. Because obviously you don't know where you're going from. We knew, I think the day before it was me, Liverpool, they tell, they tell you on the trains, Liverpool, do not talk about you doing the show, do not talk about anything. You meet someone in Liverpool, you go to a hotel. Me and Frank were meant to have separate hotel rooms. I was like, no, I want to stay with Frank, stayed with Frank. Um, you go there and you're, in, you're all in different separate, every future is around Liverpool, different hotels. And then you have one day before, um, and they do the app, they do some action shots. So before even the actual launch, you go, we went to this room of a hotel and all the futures are there. And you're looking around, that's when you meet your teams. And they you they bring in your teams one by one. So hey, like artist called Sam. Sam, you're with Harry and Frank and your team blue. And that's you're known as Team Blue because of like all your mic packs are blue and it's like they yeah. just know you're yeah. blue team and run. Um, but you were not allowed to talk. And I was Jess here, one of the nurses, curly hair, blonde. Yeah. Um, I was get, getting really, really chatty with her and I was like, oh, and they're like, shh. We're like, oh my, like, oh my God, we weren't allowed to take any plans, where you were from, couldn't tell them your name. It was very like, do not talk to each other, you don't know each other. And That's then literally remember, when we were going out onto the River Mersey on the day of like, this is extraction, you got all, we went all the way out and had to wait out there for a while. So I think because of the helicopter coming over, I had to wait yeah. out there and we were all talking and the people on the boat then were the cam- were some camera guys, no, because no directors can, or producers can be there. And we're all just talking, like, where are you going to go? What do you do? And literally, the camera shh, shh, but we didn't really care. Um, yeah. You wouldn't, would you, at that point? Because <laughs> what they're going to do then, they're going to stop the, they're gonna stop the show. They can't, can they? So yeah. it's a natural um, thing when you're in that environment because you, you almost want to because you want to get, a, a, a flavour for what other people are doing to see if your thinking's right. But also you're sharing this experience with them. So yeah. it's... And I guess as well, when you're nervous, you either talk a hell of a lot or, or you close off yeah yeah and once once you start talking when you're nervous that's it you can't mm. stop so being told to shush that's red red to a ball yeah builds it up even yeah. more and you're like i need to talk now it's like it's when like, you're... it's like being told off at school you just carry on doing yeah. it like, like, yeah. um it was yeah it was it was very funny and we had we had a stand-in as well we had a stand-in um matt I remember they didn't know if Matt was going to go on the run because he didn't have clearance or something from something. And yeah, it was like, and there was this really, really lovely old guy on his own. And we were, I was like, how the hell are you going to survive? He was really quite old, really nice. Um, and we were like, oh my God. And then finally, literally on the day that like, Matt, you've got clearance, you can go on the show, you can be filmed. There's always stand-ins like, in case, you know, and they came out to Liverpool. But imagine taking all that to Liverpool, thinking you're going on the show and then, oh, sorry, mate, you're not actually coming on. Um, yeah. Maybe it was Merv who got on the latest series <laughs> and bumped his way around, but <laughs> never know. <Yeah. laughs> um, you mentioned the crew there um, that you have with you. It comes as no surprise that you know there's there's more than just one or whatever. That you have got a whole team. How important are they to you in terms of keeping your morale up and relaying that information from producers and things like that? And basically, also, I guess they have 
half a job at making sure that your welfare is okay as well. Yeah, I love my team. Like Frank took the piss out of Sam, our camera guy, quite a big guy. Um, and because they tell you they're going to match your camera guy with your agility, so like how fit and how fit yeah. and active you are. So kind of when our camera guy came out, and he was quite not quite, quite big. Um, Frank was like, "What the fuck?" Like I thought you said you were going to get out of agility, and I was like, "Frank, you can't say that." Um, <laughs> we actually really, really, really like him. And then Becca, who was our sound girl, she was just—I literally was. She was kind of like very kind of girl. I would kind of hang out with. We were, we just got really good friends. I was trying to ask her so much about what's going on in the world, and she wasn't allowed to tell us. Um, and then you had Callum, who was uh, assistant PD, um, who was also really, really lovely. But I think we round him up quite a bit because we would always just ask about. We would always just like when they put the GoPros up past CCTV we would see them run ahead to the CCTV cameras and put the GoPros up because that's how the footage gets back to the yeah. gets back to HQ. And we would see him do it. And we're like, oh, we're now going to go over this way instead. And he was like, guys, you were going to come down here. And we're like, no, no. And we didn't even know there was even a CCTV camera there. Um, <laughs> but they really kept our morale up, definitely. Um, and like, we actually are producer director camera guy actually had to have two days off because we kind of wore him out because we walked so much and he had so many blisters so then Callum had to step in and it was it was quite funny but we had some absolute banter I mean and also I also wanted the, the experience I wanted pictures whilst we're on the run because we went out and have our phones yeah so I said one of our camera guy please just take photos while on the run so I've got a great album from like us on the run like of all the photos of like me and oh. Frank and it's really nice it's like there's like a film there's like cameras in the background yet we're just there like chilling in the park just having a cigarette um it's yeah it's, it's really nice and and it, yeah they were great like I was not, nothing bad about my team and they you know I think they understood they knew when enough was enough to talk about certain subjects yeah um, mm. yeah they were they were they were, they were really, really really good well they become your support network they become like your family because you you know they are even though they're getting paid and they've got a job to do they are still on the run. They are still having to sleep rough. They're still having to walk miles. They're, still They're on your team. And I tell you, lugging some cameras about is not easy. So especially when you end up in a foot chase. So, you know, <laughs> hats off to them. And you said, you know, you made friends with them as well. You said you've got people that work on the show since uh, and all that. And all that comes from that experience, which must be lovely. Yeah, like Becca, like I have her kind of on social media. But my friend, my really good friend, Sam, actually didn't work on my season, has worked on like all the season before and a few seasons after. But then we became friends after I was on the show. And he was like, oh, you're on Hunted. I didn't do your season. I did Celeb, though. Um, I was on Future. So he's done, he's done production, Fugitive, and also production Hunter side, oh. um, which is really cool. And we're now really good friends. And now I know Asha, who was our kind of sound, our runner, she's, she's done the show a few times. Um, and like a lot of them done like SAS as well. Um, and weirdly, a lot of the casting people have done that Married at First Sight. I always mm -hmm. see on their Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. But it's funny because I think as well, the kind of TV world in London is quite it is quite small actually. A lot of people know kind of yeah. everyone. Yeah. So like, a lot of my friends work in TV casting. Will know someone that I've actually will know someone of someone. I went for drinks once, and someone was like, "Oh, I was I was working in a series as a, as a PD for this group," and I was like, "Oh, it's so weird." Um, yeah. Right. It's time for the elephant in the room, isn't okay. it? Okay. So. Um, extraction yeah obviously your your extraction for the hunters was a big thing for them they celebrated lots they sadly got a clean sweep mm. obviously for you guys it wasn't how you wanted it to end no no it wasn't um but obviously you got caught first <laughs> yeah frank was seconds, seconds from the helicopter 
Yes. Yeah. So talk to us about extraction is, day yeah. and, and what. Well, I can say. Well, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, it's online. It works. Something is online anyway. But so extraction. So we were told to kind of. There's an article online about this about and like someone said from production. I've can... seen this. I think there's there's one. There's a, quite a few out there. There's a guy or he's got the same first name as he's got a surname. I think he used to be like the mayor of Sheffield or something mm. like that. He had a he did something like with the Daily Mail. So there was something on uh, OK Online as well, which yes. was quite, if you read if you read that one, it's quite how I see it as if you read that but basically we were told to be so you get Birmingham city centre you don't know where in Birmingham you then travel to Birmingham we're like we're on the outskirts of Birmingham where where is it in Birmingham we then that night pitched up camps right the actual main producer of the show like who's it normally in the office because they're all now in Birmingham comes yeah. to see you congratulates you like well done this is where you're gonna go tomorrow gives you a map your extraction will be from 1pm, which is said as well on the phone on the show, 1pm, right? Very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, from this rooftop of Bastion State Car Park or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. And I was, me and Frank were there and we're like, are they taking the piss? I was like, I've watched this show religiously from the beginning. Yeah. This is, I was like, where, where's the rural field? Where's the lake yeah. in the middle yeah. of nowhere? Where is the hill? And if you notice, all other seasons as well, the extraction hasn't been as in a city centre the launches yeah. have like London and yeah. I do think I do I do think it kind of helps the hunter side a bit I, no, wait, I do look at it that was the only series series that they got a clean sweep yeah as it every was. Other one, yeah every other they one they haven't it. managed it and they've been as close so yeah. yeah they haven't and you know I think it, it made great tv and they had to try it at some point I just wish yeah. they had tried my season um so on the final day I woke up and I just I didn't th- Frank was like, I think we've got this. Like, I really think we've got this, Harry. And I was like, I don't, because you see all the other seasons, there's always a winner. And I was like, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. We then got a taxi into Birmingham. Out. You weren't allowed to travel by car to a certain radius, which really annoyed us. So we couldn't just get a taxi straight to the car park. You had to be within a certain radius on foot. And we knew there was CCTV yeah. everywhere. And, put, and yeah. other people in production were already there with kind of GoPros at most of the, most of the places around Birmingham where the, where the cameras would be and right it was like one p i remember it was being like nearly 1 p.m we couldn't find this car park and i i literally remember i got caught right literally about 10 to 1 we were we were we were like fuck we're gonna miss this miss this helicopter because we don't know where the place is we walk into the center and i thought first thing i see is a guy in all black and this guy with a big camera thing and i think fuck I was panicking and I thought, I was like, Frank, run. We split up. It was the adrenaline was pumping. Steve caught, I think, I think Steve caught me. He did, um, yeah. yeah, I was running. I was running. Run, good for him as well. And I was running so fast, went down a road and there was like a bus coming. Out. I just couldn't go. And I, do you know what? I ran out of breath and I get, I just like, oh. And normally they would go like, oh, like, yes, on, on your phone, like, they'll all cheer. But it was so quick because time was running out yeah. um, that uh, they didn't do that. And then I was just in, Birmingham my camera guy had gone they've all gone after Frank I was just there like what the hell is going on and then this woman comes up and he goes Harry come with me and I go who the, f- the fuck are you she goes oh I'm blah blah I'm from production I've got to take you into House of Fraser I go House of Fraser they walk me to House of Fraser sit me down give me some water and I'm like where's Frank where's Frank this point it's nearly one o'clock and I'm like where's I can't see a helicopter they wouldn't let me go outside and I was like do you know what I need I need a cigarette I had some fags with me and I had the map of where the car park was. Frank didn't. 
they should have got that map off me, but they didn't. So Frank didn't know where this car park was still. And there's two, there's an NCP and there's a Ed Bastian car park. Yeah. And they searched around it. And I think Steve spoke about it last week that the public kind of did help. Yes, so did. this is what happened in our season. The very honest truth is, and one of the hunters told me this, how they found extraction was because they went to one of the members of the car park who was running it on the ticket thing and said, um, yeah, have you seen it on the show? Yeah. yeah. But, but you don't hear the guy say, yeah, they're filming on the roof. So ah. breaks it, right? They said they're filming, they're filming on the roof. Um, Cause obviously they had cameras set up kind of on the roof, ready to go. Yeah. Um, again, this is nearly 1 PM. So Frank gets, what you see, so a lot of, some of it was reshot because yeah. they lost Frank. So when Frank's running through the car park at the very, very like first bit, Frank had no camera crew with him. Frank completely lost them. When Frank got kind of to the roof, you see a camera and you see all the hunters run after him. At that point, Frank got caught at like 10 past one. The helicopter wasn't there. The helicopter never landed, right? It was meant to be there at one. So really, where was the helicopter? It should have been there waiting or yeah. What, yeah. what kind of happened? This is all questions I didn't think of until after. And then, yeah, so then Frank gets caught. I was like, oh, it's happened. I then go meet, they're like, we want you to go meet Frank on the roof. And I, they don't tell me if he's one. I'm like, I didn't see a helicopter, but they want me to meet him on the roof. And it, some time had passed. I was taken yeah. upstairs and Frank was just crying. He was he, he was being sick as well before because he'd run so much. Yeah. And he was crying. And he was like, I didn't do it for you. I didn't do it. I was like, Frank, it doesn't matter. And it was a really emotional, really emotional um, time, actually. And it was, I won't forget it. Like we had a massive hug. Then after you kind of settle down, hunters and futures aren't allowed to talk. But I wanted, I've got photos of all, the, of all the hunters. We wanted some. And the hunters were lovely, right? They'd been following our, like, whole lives and stuff. Yes, someone's caught us. I was still had a clean, clean sweep. One of the guys was like, mate, the reason we found out where this was, because someone downstairs, they're filming on the roof. They had white, white hair, quite short. Um, and then anyway, Frank goes up. This woman, he wasn't a fan of at all. She, I don't think she no longer works on Hunted. I think she now works on Channel 4. I went over this woman was like, right, where's my money then? Because I was told to be at 1, and it's now 2 p.m., and I was like, Frank, stop it, stop it, stop it. Valid anyway, point. Yeah. Valid and, point. Yeah. I was like, Frank, stop it, stop it. Anyway, there was then discussions. Um, I can't go into too much, but mm. obviously someone then from production leaked online that the helicopter didn't arrive. And the helicopter then arrived, did arrive at two. So I saw the helicopter on the roof. I saw it because it arrived. They got some action shots with it. So we were really confused. Like, did it not come in because the cunts were blocking it? But that wasn't apparently what happened. What actually happened was that something to do with air traffic control, the helicopter yeah. couldn't come in over the city at a certain time. So the timings got fucked because it was such a busy area or something like that. Anyway, cut long story short, we went back to Channel 4 a few times. I was less like, no, I think it was fine. It was, you know, and they said to us that we may have said one and that kind of didn't happen. Um, I'm not like a bit of loser. Like we didn't win, get that. But it was kind of more the fact like you're sick with 100k. I've just bled my heart out for 25 days. Give me something. Um, and yeah, they something was sorted. Something was, yeah, something was sorted yeah. because yeah. I'm thanks to Frank. And I yeah, some, it wasn't um, complete. I didn't, you know, we did we yeah, it, it was worth it. Less uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that that's a, a good place to to sort of leave it because. We heard, we, like with Steve last week, he said, you know, a lot of the captures were having had to be reshot yeah. because when you get when you capture someone, sometimes it is them acting on instinct. So the camera crew don't always keep up. So 
And it's those little things you don't think about. And you know what you were saying before about the fact that before or since it's never been in a city centre. That's mm. probably another reason for it because Birmingham is, other than London, it's the what the, the biggest city big in the city. UK. So there'll have been so much stuff like that to 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 sort of clear, like getting a helicopter in and stuff. So I, hate, um, I literally haven't been back since. I hate. They just gives me. We were going to say it. We were going to ask if you had. No, I can't <laughs> going back. I mean, it, the ending. It was epic though. The fact they won, and I was like, I'm, I met Blexley um, a few weeks after because he'd finished. A few weeks after, we met in Canary Wharf. I met Danny. I met Ben. Lo- really yeah, lovely people. people. All, all the hunts were. Do you know what? They're all lovely. There was one I really didn't like, and I won't say who because I don't want them to listen. There was a female I just thought was quite rude. Really quite rude, actually. Um, mm of the experience um quite obvious as well if you watch i don't think she's on that anymore but everyone else was really really lovely and the lady that was i can't remember her name but she was in head office for the set i think it's in head office for my one curly hair really really yeah, lovely. She used yeah. to be a ground hunter and her name's she used gone to be ground hunter. Her head. yeah yeah really lovely so i went for drinks with them and you know kind of said about the time thing as well um and it was no one's fault like the hunters fan square won us they were there um, had and I think had maybe the helicopter did arrive actually at one, we still wouldn't have got on it because they would have blocked it from us getting in, which you're allowed yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, but there it, it was. The ending was mad, and we all got photos of them. And they're like, just get guys, you need to get in the car. We need to get, we need to get some action shots of you walking. Um, yeah. Frank had to go up to Birmingham three weeks after we'd finished the show to go do all the action shots um, because they just didn't have him at all. So yeah. he's getting running running through the fields and he was like how to go all the way back in the same clothes and it was so depressing um oh, bless him yeah but they uh that they were do you know what the production company actually did after we you know i think they saw what kind of happened and everyone was kind of sorted out yeah was, yeah and i think i actually know the real reason why um it wasn't 1 p.m and i, I think i can truly shed some light on this go on. there's a part in the show where it's danny and she's partnered with Jordan. <laughs> You've lasted um, a long time today. Know, over an hour. And what they decide to do is rather than, you know, some may say sensible, some may say not sensible, rather than run up all these steep car park hills, because car parks are, are bastards anyway. They are. They decide to get in the lift and put in Jordan. <laughs> and she's banging it. Like, Come on. Yeah, in a lift. Jordan is always four weeks behind. I'm not, I'm not being funny, but if I was anywhere and i saw jordan in a lift i'd take the stairs because that lift is breaking down because he's always <laughs> four weeks behind everything 100 it got pushed back because jordan. jordan got stuck in a lift so yeah I think they were one of i think jordan and danny were actually one of the teams was after because you have certain teams which are like located so each future to his family and they were one of the ones that were like uh following us as well i mean they were the one that were close to my sister when we were closed in but da- yeah. danny and danny um was one of my favorite hunters i think in all seasons she actually was my favorite yes. hunters. yeah um and we i have to say about Danny, we know she listens. Her and Ben, brilliant couple. They when are we, honestly the loveliest. Yeah. They're when so we lovely. first started doing this, we didn't really know what to do. We obviously I've done podcasts and stuff before, and um, mm. we just sort of sent a message out um, quite randomly. And I think within two minutes, Danny had replied. We had a really lovely conversation. We had so many conversations since we with have, her yeah. and Ben, and it's actually down. We owe a lot to her, even though we sort of still quite small from for where we are only five episodes five six episodes in yeah mm. a lot of it is down to to danny sharing it on twitter yeah, and stuff she's and been really being good. so lovely early doors and you know there'll be so much that she and her and ben will, will talk about yes, as well in future hopefully. so really oh uh, yeah that. 
I th- also, I th- Ben, I think I personally, I think it's, I think he kind of carried the Hunter side in the main office. Yes. When he was chief, I think it was, my f- it was really real. Like he, he takes, yeah. it's not gimmicking. It's not a TV show. And I think, um, that's what I think was that's really really great. And Frank, I remember we were watching after Frank was like, actually, that Ben's a well good guy. Like, he's just in it, isn't he? He's like, yeah. it's not like performancy. Like some of the hunters kind of maybe might be on it for that reason. Um, but I think yeah, I think he really 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 carries it. And I didn't know, I didn't even know there were a couple until no, we didn't. We didn't after. I mean, they don't know. You wouldn't know that on the show. So I until after. Um, but I saw like, a lot of them on socials. But I, I, he did one in. Australia, I think, Hunted Australia. Yes, he has. Australia, I think he's going to be. He is basically Mr. Hunted brand, isn't he? He's the one that's carried all the launches overseas, pretty much. So, yeah, it's so cool. So cool. And what you said about him being chief is absolutely spong. So, again, we spoke to Steve about this last week. The first series, it had that real authentic feel of almost cops versus robbers, you know, the whole hide and seek element. You lost that as it went on. Um, towards your series with the gimmicks and the character which Blex was because that's who he is as a public character and yeah. then when it went back to Ben in series 5 people it, sort of say it dropped a little bit actually for us as viewers it, it didn't back. it went up a level it went yeah. back to where it, it should have been no, I agree and, I agree. and the only reason that you know Steve said this last week the only reason that Ben probably didn't get to be chief after the bloke in the first series left Brett, whatever his name is, Brett Loves Good or something, yeah. Loves Grove or something. No one can remember him. The only reason Ben wasn't chief over Blex was because that's not how it's people not how would it perceive works. it in like the police force. It's always the senior in terms of age rather than experience, which is oh, a bit of a shame. That. Bit of a shame. I don't know that. I mean, I think yeah, Blexy was and also you know what was really nice that like, he got his clean sweep. And I think he'd already like but the, I think his his plan to leave was always that he always knew that was his last season yeah. going into it. So the fact he got a clean sweep but Good on you, mate. We all went home. We all went home happy in the end. So, um, yeah, it, it it was it was good. But that last, I remember that last that last day, I did have kind of nightmares for a bit. Like it was just awful because you, you're so close, like so close. And you, it, I remember before that it was unheard of someone to be caught on the last day. Like it was just unheard of. Mm. And obviously you go into it and you're like, great, I've been caught. And also like Nate as well. And um, but Frank, I think came out of it like he did look like Action Man at the end, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would have done his street cred the world of good. Well, sadly, we're running out of time, which is a real shame. Really enjoyed the last hour and a bit. It's been so eye opening and and so sort of insightful as well. So yes. really appreciate your honesty on it as well. Of a couple course. of things before we do go though. Um, yeah. First thing, if you were to have your time again, yes. What three things would you change about your time on the show? Whether it's something you did, somewhere you went, or uh, an experience. What three things would you change? All right, listen up potential applications for a fugitive. Um, I think I would pack less stuff. So I took, I took, I took, like I was going on a bloody a month's day hol- a holiday. I packed so many clothes, didn't wear hardly any of them. So pack less stuff. I did that. So really quite just what you need. Um, what else would I change? Um, did, mm, mm. I don't know what else I would change. Potent, potentially, ooh. I want to say potentially have used a burner phone, but I didn't use one. But potentially, there were points where it was really, really hard. It, it would have made life a bit easier. But I know it'd be easier to get hold of someone. Um, but apart from, I think that's, I think that's it. I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't have changed that much that we did. I think it was we kind of having no plan was the best thing. So, yeah, yeah. 
you, you still would uh, avoid going in bushes though and, and go for portaloos, would you? Oh, the... ab- absolutely. Uh, you, see, you won't see me <laughs> anytime soon. I tell you. <laughs> you've, you've also, I think, sort of answered our last one about what advice you'd, you'd give to, yeah. to them as well. But what about if the boot was on the other foot? Mm. Do you think you'd make a good hunter? No, I'd be awful. <laughs> awful. No, I would be. <laughs> hunter it's like people like would you if they asked you to go back and uh, go back and do another series or something which i would never you know would would you do it i I don't know if i would do that either but i would not be a hunt i couldn't be a hunter no (laughs) i I think it's really hard you know i mean i don't know the ins and outs right from their side but the uk is big and i think as well like things getting back to them is sometimes quite delayed and i salute how many people they do catch and a lot of them take it really seriously and i think you know, even playing hide and seek as a kid, right? It was always better to be the person hiding than it was the person seeking, wasn't yeah. it? So it's more fun. It's more, you get more like, and it's yeah. I I I would I would not be able to be a hunter, and I see people that do do it. I would quite quite like to be. Do you know who I really? I, mean, I know it's going to tangent a bit. I didn't speak about them, but in the office, Donna. Do you remember Donna? That she kind of goes into um. Yeah, she's like the psycho psychological lady. Psychologist. Yeah, psychologist. That's the word. Yeah, I would. Yeah, or like, um, was it? Is it Lindsay as well? Like people that go for the social media stuff. I would help yeah. do that. Yeah, I would do that. I'll go. For, I, I could. I'm a good stalker if I want to stalk someone. Um, you know, I could do that, but I wouldn't be able to be on the ground trying to run after someone. Absolutely no. not. It's true when you're playing hide and seek. If you are the one that is seeking, you are pissed off within. It's a stressful. Two yeah, yeah. Oh. You get bored quite easy. Yeah. The yeah. one thing you have sort of mentioned there, though, and I've got to ask before before we round it up, because you prompted a question in my mind. You spoke about Dr. Donna there and the psychological thing of mm. it all. Has the experience made your approach to life different from a psychological point of view? Having been through that, knowing that what you put out on the internet is there for people to see, there for people to garner information from, has it made you approach things in a different manner? Oh, 100%. I'm much, I think after the show, I was quite naive of like how much stuff can be found on your phone. And they found a lot of stuff. Like I, you know, cause you're not allowed to delete stuff three, when you find out you're on the show, which can be something like three months before, you can't delete anything. Otherwise you could get disqualified and they have like, they can track if you've deleted anything off your phone. And you know, like, I was a young guy at uni going out, having fun, you know, and there's a lot of stuff on there. People, you do want to see. But after, you know, you have a meeting with, with uh, someone from production, they're like, just let you know, you could knuckle up on this security bit and do this. So I'm always now like double password. I use an, I use an app where like they get it makes your password for you, so it's not like a generic password. Yeah. Um, my security on my phone now is tip top, um, definitely. And I think the experience as a whole coming out of it, I grew up a lot on that on doing that experience. I kind of grew up kind of mentally um, as well as physically. I was very like whingy before, and I noticed that after a lot. And people said to me like, "You are quite." You know, I just wasn't whinging as much um, after the show. Like it was, it was an experience. Although it really was quite short. A month isn't that long. Twenty-five days even, but it did change me. And it was, yeah, it was, it was great. Twenty-five days may be short on paper and in reality, but actually, when you reflect on it, that's one hell of a, a change to your life. Your your life yeah. within that time. So, you know, you might not have got on the plane in the end, but you did. I think what you take away from it is so much more. So yeah, and you know, it goes down in history, right? The first ever clean sweep. Like, yeah, I was on that show. Yeah. I was on yeah. that one. It's yeah. where you tell me, oh, did you get to the end? Yeah, I did get to the end, but 
yeah, I got to last day. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's leave it as got to the last day. There's one final question for can you. I ask, it doesn't can come I ask from my me. question? Go on, you ask can your I ask question. my question. Okay, so I asked Steve this last week. Um yeah. what is your favourite biscuit? My favourite biscuit? Um, yeah, your favourite biscuit. Bon bon? Is it bon bon? The chocolate one. Bourbon. Bourbon, bourbon. I am with bourbon. you there. Yeah. Love a bourbon. That's Definitely a good bourbon. response. Bonbons are the sweets. Good response. Yeah, bonbons are the sweets, bonbons are the biscuits. There you go. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of a trigger warning now because it's the it's the horrible part which may bring back some horrible okay. memories and give you a little bit of flashback. So, you know, it's all, it's all in a bit of fun, but this, you know, it, it has to be said. <sighs> Harry Savage, your time on the pod is over. You have been hunted. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Any for your thoughts? Just look at the writing. Because when he's got time to sit down and he's not in a rush, it's this. Yeah. When he's got locations written down, it's rushed. And it's on random bits of paper when he writes locations down. Yeah. No, no, no. 1 p.m. The extraction time. Right? B-I-R-M, as in Birmingham. 1 p.m., Birmingham. The clock is ticking. I'm still in shock that we've made it this far. I don't really know how we've done it, but, yeah, it's been a wild ride. One, two, three, four, I declare a war. I'm going to lose shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> CCTV on Frank and Harry, 10th Street, Northwest Band. Right, come on in. Let's get on this. Right, where's the next camera from that, please? Positive sighting of Harry and Frank on Kent Street. The units are towards that location now. 1.95 minutes out. Who's that? Got him here, got him here, got him here, got him here. Hey, Frank. Who's that? Frank, run! Frank, run! Are you? Stop here. I've got something. To the fugitives, they were all worthy adversaries, 
they were good. They were good, you know, they really tested us all, I think. All of them. Our efforts in here have been absolutely outstanding. I'm very proud of everyone, very proud to be part of this team. And I shan't take this smug look off my face for about two years. One, two, three, four, I declare I found Ready for a fight, believe me When they try the chains, you can say no, free me